Okay, hello everybody. Just a quick one. So I just watched Mr. Valrak's video. I haven't kept up with this Dawn of Fire series. I've been reading other stuff. Um, but I will say, finally, finally, it has happened. And Guy, if you're watching my channel, I'm a big fan, as you probably already know. Anyway, I'm glad to see that finally, some in-universe law has occurred that makes sense regarding the Primaris, right? And he's, Guy Hailey's doing this a bit with the Blood Angel stuff as well. But my argument, one of my arguments for the problem with the Primaris was that, and specifically with the Black Templars, they would view the Primaris as monstrosities, as abominations, as tampering with the Emperor's divine plan. Right. And it doesn't matter if it's custodians coming along with it. It doesn't matter if it's the call coming. It doesn't matter if it's Gilliman. Who cares what he thinks? They are the righteous sons of the emperor. They're sons of dawn, but primarily the emperor, the emperor as a god. And his plan was clear. The creation of the Astartes and their eternal crusade to pacify and conquer the stars for humanity. Call comes along. A, a heretic, a, a, a creature, an abomination that should have died long ago, an amalgamation of different personalities, a tech priest, a follower of a machine god, a true abomination, and he dares to tamper with the Emperor's divine plan. And these Black Templars, unlike Helbrecht the traitor, unlike all these other Astartes traitors who have bent the knee to the tyrant Gilliman, Finally, some men of faith said no. But if you haven't watched Valrak's video, just to briefly explain. <laughs> just to briefly explain. Um, so in this Dawn of Fire series, basically it, uh, there's a the Torchbearer fleet. And the Torchbearer fleet is uh, what was sent out from Terra to uh, go to all the Astartes factions and stuff like this. All the Astartes chapters, I should say, and forces uh, to deposit with them the technology uh, for them to create a, a complement of Primaris Marines and a complement uh, and, and the technology to go along to produce them, the gene seed and so on. And these were custodian ships sent to do this. And um, we had one example, which, which was a bit odd, I'll grant you, right? It was a bit odd. But I can't remember the name of it, but they, they ended up um, killing their Primaris, which... The lot, the internal logic of it didn't quite make sense. I can see what the author was trying to do, but he didn't do it. They didn't do it in a proper way. But I can't remember. What, I can't remember all the details. I apologise. I shouldn't have even brought it up. But I'm not going to edit it out. Anyway, for those who know, you know. So yeah, they, they go to this Templar Crusade, and the Templar Crusade, um, they have a vote. But this is all according to Valrak. And uh, I looked up briefly. The kind, someone sent me the briefly the the, the outline. But fundamentally, it's that the the black tem he seems shocked. He seems shook. But I think it's because he doesn't appreciate the 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 fact that the black templars are zealots. You understand? They will burn a planet or or take it out by hand, shall we say? Uh, if if there's the slightest whiff of heresy, and I like this mentor. Like I was I was a bit dis I was a bit disturbed that they they'd lost that sort of fire and brimstone, you know, energy about them. Um, and the fact that Helbrecht is going to be a Primaris now. But it seems like there's going to be some kind of civil war within the Black Templars, which is exactly what I wanted to see. I wanted to see Marines, the old school Marines, the Black Templars in particular, I thought, had the major problem. But there's going to be a lot of other ones out there. They're going to have like cultural, religious, and ethical issues with the, with the Primaris project. 
and they're going to find it uh, abominable. They're going to find it heresy, and especially because it's so linked to Gilliman. A lot of them are going to be uh, have been brought up with the mythology of the heresy, and by that by by this point, it probably is mythology of the you know no one should have that much power other than the emperor. The reason, like the Imperium's institutions have a sort of religious element to them now because they were set up in the wake of the heresy to ensure, I mean, to ensure that no one had the power that the war master had. You get me? Um, to to dissimulate power throughout the Imperium to its various different wings. And no one has control over all of them, at least not for a long time. There's temporary, there's war masters who are elected and, and great generals rise and, you know, so on, so on. Temporary, temporary commanders. And anytime someone has, like, Vandar, uh, like, you know, stuff like that, like these tyrants who have arisen, um, it's caused a lot of problems because they're obviously tyrants and they cause a problem, particularly for the Astartes who have a, Astartes in general have um, a, a sense of their own autonomy within the power structures of the Imperium, that they will not yield and they will not bend the knee. But the Templars in particular, I have no respect for Imperial authority, right? They are crusaders, so it's beautiful that they're presented with these and they decide to kill them. I'm going to have to catch up with these books, obviously. I think Guy Haley's been churning them out and I need to catch up with them. But I really feel like he's doing the, as I've said on some of the other books that he has done, he has, he has, um, been doing the work of addressing the issues with the Primaris being introduced into the law in a way that no other author is. Chris Wright has as well to a certain degree. And, uh, he's done a good job of like integrating them in there with, uh, with them being part of the Minotaurs chapter and so on. But um, yeah, this is really fascinating. I like this. I like this move. This is this is good law. This is the universe. Act, this is characters acting within the forty k universe as they should. You know, being creeped out by these Primaris guys and just going, no, they've got to go. This is an abomination. This is heresy of the highest order, and it is. But you know, if you're if you're uh, if you're a follower of the Emperor, and this happens. That's wrong. It's, it's wrong. It's, it's, it goes against everything. At least that would be the frame of mind of a great many. Obviously, a lot of others haven't done that. But obviously, there's the whole element of Gilliman, and, and Chris Wright covered this in his novels as well on Terror, uh, the, uh, the, the Guardians of the Throne and the Inquisitor one. They sort of, they sort of cross over a little bit. But yeah, the, the, a lot of the Imperium views Gilliman as a tyrant who has usurped power. You get me? And it's not just a, a straight sort of secular power politics thing. There's a massive religious element to this that you have to appreciate. Anyway, I just wanted to go on and just wanted to make you aware, just in case you weren't aware and you missed this. I laughed out loud when I saw this. This is funny. And I think Guy Haley's done a fantastic job of addressing this issue and, um, and, and doing something really fun and interesting with it. And I want this for the universe. I want there to be this sort of like internal, this, the internal politics to, to make sense because that's the, just the thing that got me straight away. It's like nobody's opposing this. We got that thing at the de end of Devastation of Bar. He's, he's been on it since the start, right? We've, um, Seth sort of not being too happy. He's saying, you know, the, 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 the Primaris Marines are going to replace us. This is unacceptable. So it's been there from the start and he's been doing a good job of adding those dynamics to the universe. And I really like it. I really, really like it. Josh Reynolds did some in the Apocalypse book. Um, you get the the sort of um, the friction between the old Marines and the and the Primaris. But Guy Haley's the guy who's really been pushing ahead with that, and it's a fantastic um, area of the law. And I think adds 
I think as we go forward, if we're going to, you know, we're going to see more of this, hopefully, based on what he's doing, we're going to see more of this kind of thing. And it's going to be really interesting, really fun. Um, going to offer, offer some really interesting opportunities uh, for directions for certain characters to go in and stuff like that. I'm really interested. And it's going to be interesting to see how Gilliman, you know, does this, uh, you know, um, reacts to this kind of thing. Because this isn't going to be the only time it's happened. It must have happened a lot. It must have happened a lot. And we just haven't seen it until now, really. And um, yeah, it's brilliant. And the Black Templars are completely in the right. They were right to do this. And uh, Call is a heretic and a traitor, even though I do like him. <laughs> like, if you want to understand Call as well, you need to read the book or get the audio book, uh, the, uh, the Great Work, because that is such an enlightening view into this character. And I think, like, when they first developed the character during the sort of Fall of Cadia whole arc, which was a bit of a mess, he was, he was very two-dimensional. He didn't really have anything to him. But Guy Haley, again, Guy Haley, he's the man driving the law. You know, he's, he's really putting in the work. And he has turned Call into a really fascinating and interesting character. And I'm, I'm interested to see, because he's got his own problems as well, because a lot of the sort of um, the more orthodox uh, tech priests, Martians, don't like Call because he is an innovator. And the innovation is a dirty word. So even they've got their own issues with him on a sort of uh, spiritual and theological sort of basis. It's great stuff. I love all this. I love all these little moving parts and how they all interact together. Uh, but yeah, uh, poor Alvar right there is, uh, you know, with his, with his fisty lads, he's upset. But um, for me, like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a fanboy for any particular faction per se, you know, um, Nothing, you know, I like the Flesh Terror. It's probably my favourite chapter. They're really, you know, all the Blood Angel stuff is really interesting. And all the, but I love all the chapters kind of equally, to be honest. So it's it's really fascinating for, to see this kind of development occur. But uh, I'll catch up with these books. I'll read it myself and I'll get back to you at some point in the not too distant future. I have got the first two, but I just haven't got around to reading them. I'm just reading this Astroth book, which again is covering a lot of elements of the uh, the Primaris. You know, the initial idea was that the Primaris weren't going to... Well, again, this, this is all contained in the novels, right? This is all like little quips and little things. Because Guy Haley seems to be the mastermind of this whole thing now, this whole arc of the Primaris issue and what's going on with it in the, in the wider universe and how that is going to cause other factions within the Imperium to, to respond. Um, but him and Chris Ray are definitely doing the most work. Uh, Josh Reynolds was as well. So if you looked at any of them books that they brought out over the last like three three years or so, you'll you'll definitely be able to pick up on elements, strands of this story. But in the Astaroff one, he's just going through, and, and we're sort of discovering what happens to the Primaris when they are affected by the Black Rage, or, or uh, when they're encountering other Marines from they're from Blood Angel stock, but they're not from obviously. The problem with the the Blood Angels thing was. Uh, the Blood Angels are affected by this mutation, yeah? Turns out even the Primaris have got it, which is interesting on a... Because it's clearly um, a spiritual malady, right? Not just the gene seed, it's a spiritual malady because it doesn't matter if the gene seed was kept in storage or whatever. Anyone with that sort of connection to Sanguinis, who is kind of a sort of entity now existing in the warp, he's a spiritual entity. And you can see sort of... Um, you can see how that could kind of like you can see how that would be in other religions. He's kind of like the 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 sacrificed son of the emperor, and he's become this. You know, Sang Sanguinalia is a big festival across the Imperium. You know, the the angel Primarch is sort of a, a big sort of visage 
as, a, as an avatar of the Emperor's will across the universe within the Ecclesiarchy. He's a big element. He's got wings. Come on. I mean, got, obviously they're going to use him. He's like, you know, the poster boy for, you know, <laughs> human faith. Let's do this. Um, at least in the Ecclesiarchy, at least in the 41st millennium. Anyway, even they're affected by this. And the idea was that the Primaris wouldn't be, which was, again, one of the problems I had with them because it would lead to a unification, uh, um, not a unification, a, um, what would you say? God, like uh, <laughs> utilitarian, what am I trying to say? Like uh, their individuality would all be gone as, as individual chapters. They're uniform. They would, they're uniform. They would be uniform, right? Whereas... Now they seem to be bringing that, this, the thing in that the genetic flaws, some of them are inbuilt into the core of the gene seed, or it's a spiritual thing that attaches to them because of people's. So the reason why, for me personally, that Sanguinius is becoming some kind of entity, like a, a lesser god, basically, right, to some extent, is because so many people in the Imperium worship him or worship aspects of him or worship him as an aspect of the Emperor. So that gonna, that's going to transform in the warp into Sanguinia, you know, into sort of boosting up the power level uh, because, you know, the power of prayer gives uh, Sanguinius this boost, this this entity that might be Sanguinius or might not. It might be his spirit, you know, taking energy from people's faith in him as he exists within the warp as a sort of disembodied entity. But there's a, that's a whole area. I'm getting really distracted here. But uh, yeah, they, they, they meet uh, some of the uh, Space Marines from the original Space Marines. And uh, they're, they're affected by the Black Rage to a worse extent than the Blood Angels are because they're from a, an even more mutated bloodline uh, of, of, of Sanguinius. See, so the, the original Legion was there and then they broke apart. And then over 10,000 years, some of the, all the different chapters have have slightly altered and mutated slightly themselves as the, as the gene seed has passed on from generation to generation. So, yeah, it's, it, there's really interesting stuff going in there. Uh, Guy Haley, and that book is harsh as well. There's some really, really harsh scenes. Um, and I really, I do actually like the, the stepping away from the Space Marine characters so much because it shows the bleak and horrible nature of existence within the Imperium. Uh, <laughs> dark stuff. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of really interesting things going to be, be happening with the Primaris thing. And it hasn't gone away. It hasn't just been resolved. They're really doing the, you know, Guy Haley in particular, but other authors as well are really doing the work to make this thing work within the Imperium and doing interesting things with it. Almost like the sort of, the, 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 the sort of dodgy, half-hearted way it was implemented actually has opened up very interesting ways of exploring that within the law and how it will alter the rest of the universe and i love that and this is one of the first sort of more prominent things i've seen where that's actually happening and like from the black templars point of view uh, it seems legit i mean obviously from their point of view these are abominations you know uh yeah you know you might say it's a bit more of an extreme interpretation of their faith in the emperor as a god and uh you know enacting his will in the universe as his crusaders but you know that, that's the same with any sort of uh, faith or religion, you know what I mean? Different sects and different uh, groups have their own sort of slightly different interpretation from now and again, you know? So, I love this. I love this. I think it's great. I'm just having a little bit of a rant. I find it quite exciting. I'm actually going to... It's It's got. It's spurred me to read these books. They've kind of just been gathering dust. I picked them up when um, they were released. So, I will actually get to them because I want to see what Guy is doing. But... Um, 
That means I'll never catch up with heresy. <laughs> I'll never catch up with heresy. I'm behind dead bad with heresy, man. I can't get, you know, and I, I try and catch up and then something else will happen. Another book will come out and be like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, all right. Thanks very much for watching. This is just a quick one, just a little bit of a rant. And uh, yes, the Black Templars were right. See you later. Emperor, may the Emperor protect! <laughs>